0: In this episode, I will give you guys a fully transparent look uh, behind why I made the decision to suspend the podcast after next week's episode, the season finale, Uh, what I've learned in doing this, and uh, what we will be doing moving forward. Uh, No major announcements. I think we'll have a fun episode for you next week. With that, let's get into the show. You're sick again.
1: I'm kind of sick again. I have this like weird tickle in my throat, and it's just annoying more than anything. I am too. And so if if I'm like we're wheezing into your ear, sorry, yeah. sorry about it, dude.
0: A couple coughs. Forgive us. Um, yeah, my son. So I got to tell the story. Yeah, uh, Arlo. Yesterday, I, yesterday, right? No, two days ago, had a fever. So if you're listening to this, hopefully you're wearing a mask on your ears. <laughs> um, but he. Yeah, he came down with a fever. He was looking kind of terrible and no energy. When he gets a fever, he's like the, he's a great, you know, he's good, he's strong at being sick or whatever, you know, but he, it's so hard watching him be sick. And I'm sure every parent parent feels that way toward their own kids. But um, yeah, he he, uh, was just kind of like moping around and just his eyes get really dreary. Anyways, he gets real nervous when he's sick. Because he hates throwing up. And I think he psyched himself out because I don't think he has like a stomach bug. He just had that two weeks ago. Funny enough, because <laughs> you and I were both sick two weeks ago as well. Like, is it possible our immune systems are just uh, expelling a virus in two entirely different ways? Me and my son,
1: for example. Like you got sick the first time and now you're just slowly processing through it?
0: Yeah, I didn't get the stomach bug, but I did get like a cold. Yeah,
1: maybe. Who knows?
0: Huh. Huh. Anyway, so he gets sick, he throws up, feels a little better. His fever's there, kind of a low fever, right around hovering one hundred, a little over one hundred. Anyway, so we get ready to go to bed that night. Two nights ago, we do a slumber party in uh, our bedroom. So all the kids, so it's three kids and, and me and Bree. We do a puppet show uh, after watching tons of TV. Obviously, that's what you do when you're sick, right? Might have been a bad idea. Um, I never experienced this, but have you heard of night terrors? Have you ever had them or known anybody that
1: has? Yeah. I never had night terrors, but my little brother had them growing up. Really? Yeah. And he would just freak out out of nowhere and like start screaming.
0: Did they affect you at all?
1: Uh, pissed me off. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Well, it was like, I don't know. I I think being an oldest kid, maybe you don't have a lot of sympathy for what your siblings are going through. Hmm. And I was always kind of like trying to fly under the radar and like, my, my brothers always had like the problems, like behavioral issues or like bad grades and stuff. And so for me, it was like, this is just another thing that's oh, annoying, okay. so you're you know? Like, Come on, stop and Yeah, Get it just, together. Just, get it yeah. together, dude. Like, I don't know if you need attention. I don't that's know. Fine. I was very un- unfeeling at the time. I feel bad about it now. It's sure. not great.
0: So we go to sleep early. Like we've been go- trying to get to bed at like nine o'clock. And uh, so we go to bed. You know, he's not feeling well. Colt's seemingly not feeling well. And so we go to bed, wake up at like two o'clock. And my son Arlo is freaking out. I think he's calling, mama, mama. And uh, and so he wakes us up. Bree's like trying to, you know, he's he's up, he's awake. Like he looks awake. And he's like, get it, get it. He's pointing to the wall and like there's a, he said, uh, nutcracker. Oh, interesting! They watched the Nutcracker the previous day. Mountain sounds, ye- yelling. He was hearing yelling, and he looked at a plant, and he was like freaking out. Like it's it's so horrid seeing your kid this way. Honestly, it's really sad. But he was like, so panicked, like to a absolute ultimate fearful degree. And uh, Bree's like trying to help him, and then she turns the light on on her phone to light up the room. It was dark to try to show him like it's not you know, it's not a monster or anything. It's you're okay. You're okay. But he wasn't like, it was getting worse. Like seeing those things was like not deterring him. He's like, no, it's, and he was, it was, it's hot. It's really haunting.
1: Oh, poor guy.
0: And so I'm looking at my son, like hallucinating it from my perspective. Yeah. And trying to rationalize it. Like, dude, like, cause he was pointing at me. He like, didn't see me. It was weird. Like I was scary. And he, it was like Skin weirdest things like what is he seeing in his dream
1: was he like so he was like still asleep when he's trying to communicate this to you
0: and i'm like i'm composed and i'm saying like he's screaming like he's yelling and mama mama like just terrified it's it's so sad and so i'm like take him into the living room maybe like the room will you know not be so scary to him in there and then he starts pointing to the christmas tree and the lights and he's freaking out he's like you know looking all around and he's panicked and so Bree has to go over to the thing. He's like, what is it? What is it? is it? And so she turns the lights off. The lights were freaking him out. And um, not until, like, I think, because uh, I had Colt, and I was just kind of observing there, trying to help a little bit. And so he's on the couch. She puts him on the couch, and I go over and, like, I hold his hand, and I'm like, it's okay. You've nothing to be afraid of, nothing to be afraid of and uh, started praying for him, and we were praying, and he started to kind of calm down. He didn't go back to sleep, though. Like, I I didn't know, I guess you don't wake them up if they're in that type of scenario, if they're in sleep terrors.
1: I've heard that before. I've heard that with, like, sleepwalking and stuff, but I didn't know if there was any...
0: I was just trying to, like, tell him, like, talk sense into him. Like, I was still thinking, like, maybe he was just in such a panic that everything was, like, freaking him out. Like, he was just, you know... But he was, he was still in a dream state but until, like, I was over by the couch, and we were, I held his hand, and I was just praying for him. And uh, he started kind of just calming down, and I think he kind of woke up around that time. Like, he woke up on the couch, and uh, which is so strange. It freaked Bree and I out. and the first time we've ever experienced this. And it calms down. He calms down and start asking him questions, like, "What did you see? What was going on?" And all these different things. And he just kind of explains it was Nutcracker and the mountains and the sounds and sharp things. And he was just scared. He was, you know, when you get in a nightmare, you have this like real haunted feeling. Even when you wake up, you're still like. So he was still somewhat feeling that way, but he lightened up quite a bit and just started talking. You know, I think he was kind of like happy to be out of that nightmare. And so we go back in the room and lay down, go back to bed. He was a little scared to go back to bed. Uh, we end up going back to bed and he starts, he he does fall asleep for 10 minutes and he wakes up again and he's a, a little subtle panic. And then he's like, why does this happen? Why is this happen? He's so cute. Why is this happening? And uh, we calm him down. He goes back to bed and this happens again like a couple hours later.
1: The whole ordeal oh. happens again.
0: Yeah, but it's a different one. It's a. It's. Uh, he's laying down in in next to Bree on on this nugget there. Uh It's just like a padded thing, and um, he's like, "Mama, Mama, help me!" And he's freaking out. And 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 Bree picks him up and puts him on the bed. Oh no, he was in between us. Sorry, but he says, "Help me, help me!" And so she's like, "Mama, come here, help me." Oh, it was so sad to the listener. Because he's in this nightmare, and Bree goes over, and he's, she's like, I'm here, I'm here, and she's hugging him. And uh, he's like, closer, closer, and we could cry, because, you know, she's hugging him. How how much closer could he, he she be? So confusing to us. And uh, he comes to shor- shortly after. This time, I think he was going right back to sleep, and I was a little panicked, like, <laughs> I felt so unresolved. What do we do about this? Ah, oh. long story short, we get him back to bed, wake up the next morning. He barely remembered much of it, Um, learned about it. We thought he would, he had a, still had a, a slight fever. And so I was like making sense of it. It was probably because his fever, like, you know, you wake up in these like crazy delusional uh, dreams in these weird states of mind when you have a fever. And so it made sense to me that that's probably brought it on because he's never done that before. Still horrid. Terrible experience. So Brie was terrified to experience that last night. We were supposed to film the podcast last night and I stuck around. Um and he was good. Slept through the night. We we were exhausted as well. I would it would have been a
1: terrible podcast. Because we didn't sleep very well. Anyways, uh Dude, I've had a weird like fever dream before for sure, where like I, I'd only been working at Calvary for a few years. And like all of a sudden I started feeling really bad, like from feeling totally normal to 30 minutes later, like super cloudy minded, not like, like just staring at my screen, not like being able to get anything done and then just feeling really bad. Like I couldn't explain what was happening, but it hit so quick. I was having a hard time even rationalizing that I was getting sick. And so Mm. finally I turned to my coworker and I was like, I think I need to leave. Like I didn't know how to say it in a way that was like, I think I'm getting sick. I was like, I have to get out of here. And so <laughs> I, I walk across the hallway to my manager. I was like, Hey, Nancy, I'm like, I think I'm sick. I got to go. And she's like, Oh, okay. All right. So I guess I'll see you tomorrow. I hope you feel better. It's like, Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll see you tomorrow. So I get in the car. And at this point, I got walking out to the car. I realized that I'm my, I have a fever and it must be spiking because I'm like shivering cold. Wow. Like to my core, freezing and shaking. And so I get in my car and for some reason, I thought, oh, on the way home, well, it would be great if I blasted my heater because I feel freezing cold. So I blast the heater, sit in the car for like a few minutes to try to warm up, pull out onto the road, onto uh, San Mateo, no, Osuna, and like start to almost pass out and just make – I make it like a block away from work, Whoa. pull into the gas station, put it in park, and I fall asleep for like five hours. Whoa. And I woke up like, like – all like my heater was blasting the whole time. My Whoa, lips are like dude, cracked
0: like really bad. Yeah.
1: It was weird. I, I thought that God was talking to me and like, I'm like a, I'm, you know, I come from Pentecostal roots. Like, you know, Loss I was like your... having weird like encounters Yeah, and like woke up super confused and like pleading with God for my life. And like, Whoa. Uh, and, then, and then I was like, my phone had like missed calls and texts, but I, you know, cause I, people were just checking on me like coworkers. Dude, hey, could I'm you imagine better.
0: like, Thankfully, you're fine. Obviously, <laughs> if I had but, just died right yeah, there on it's the side like of the, the road, mystery like that would be like a mystery uh, unsolved mystery for sure. It would
1: be so weird. Like he just cracked, like cranked his heater, like out know where he just
0: turned into a zombie and like left work <laughs> and then went parked in a parking lot. Like
1: <laughs> it was so weird. It was, it was like you can't rationalize it, you know, because you're just feeling so sick and you're not. At least when I was in that state, I wasn't, like, making sense. I was just like, I have to leave. I need to get somewhere. I need to get home. And then, like, never really made it there. So, it was weird. And, like, I never felt like that before or after. It was what, just a what, one-off so, thing.
0: You uh, didn't tell us any, any of your dreams. You said you were having these weird encounters. Do you I, remember any of them? I just
1: woke up, like, with, like, pleading with God, like, that like I was, like, like, maybe, like, my sin had, like, put me in this predicament. And then, mm-hmm. like... But like not like it didn't make sense. Like when I finally, when my fever finally broke and like I woke up, I was like, "Oh, like I was like having all these half baked thoughts."
0: Wait, so you had a fever within the span of like six hours?
1: Yeah, like it it hit and hit like super hard, and like the whole ordeal was probably like four and a half five hours because I was supposed to. I like left work super early, and like it was like the end of the day mm. uh, that I woke up in the car. And like, it just didn't make sense. My, like the decisions didn't make sense to like only drive a block from work. If I'm feeling that sick and I need to lay in the car, like just don't leave the parking lot, you know, mm-hmm. or like, call someone for help. It just, none of it made sense. Like in the state I was in, I was just trying to do the next thing to like f- try to feel normal. And mm-hmm. that was like, that was trying to warm myself up, which I think just spiked my temperature like crazy. Mm. It, it was very weird.
0: Fascinating. Fevers, dude. <clears throat> yeah, they're pretty brutal. So anyways, uh, my wife and I are now sick because we slept with our, our sick son, but it was worth it, I guess, because oh poor kid going through that. You know, and it sucks because it's kind of mostly not conscious, allegedly, like you just go back to sleep and forget about it the whole thing. Oh, but it's like it's a nightmare. It's watching your child suffering is like it's a nightmare for us. It's terrible. That's so sad. I wouldn't, yeah. Night terrors, I wouldn't wish those on any parent. Um, all right, moving on. So I saw this. I thought it was an interesting thing. Um, And it kind of relates to what, what the meat of this episode here. Uh, later on, why is money talk taboo? Uh, fellow creator, 1924 U.S., Christian Watson, he makes a reel. And he shares about his financial situation all the way. Do you have it? What's up guys, Christian here. I have two children, wife,
1: Ellie, and a business called 1924 US. This is how much is in my bank account. How much is in my wife's account. And this is how much is in our savings account. This is how much I charge for a logo. How much I charge for system branding. And how much I charge for shooting and editing for a deck. We own all of our cars and stock in the shop outright. Only have one loan, it's for tax, it's about $60,000 at the moment. Uh, we do not own house or property. Uh, I am 31 years old uh, and I believe that we should change the stigma around money um, and the idea that it feels taboo to talk about it. Whether you have a lot of money or whether you don't have a lot of money, that's not what matters. What matters is that you have the ability to drive yourself creatively
0: to where you'd like to be and be at peace there what do you think about that
1: that's pretty cool i mean the idea of being transparent i think is valuable and it it even is a good move um outside of just being a transparent genuine person it's a good move for a business i think um every every sort of marketing trend and consumer research thing you can read says that younger consumers uh, people in the market place value transparency above almost anything else Mm -hmm. you know like it's everyone knows by now like the gen z bs meter is off the hook and that's why really like odd and crappy marketing works for them and so even just you know thinking about how to reach people in a new way you know being transparent and setting yourself apart from a massive corporation with walls of separation it's a good good move you know
0: authenticity is everything yeah there's i think you know in my perspective I'm a highly skeptical, low trust person. I, I, I don't try, I have a hard time trusting anything. And, uh, I'm similar, but I'm, I'm stuck in this kind of weird conflict of, of wanting to present well. And, in and, 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 you know, it's, it's the magic thing, right? It's like, um, why do girls wear makeup? They do it because it, you know, puts men under a spell in a, in a sense. Like, I know these, this language is a little more, not trying to be sound mystic or anything, but, you know, it, it has that effect of persuasion. And, um, and the same thing happens in marketing. is something, I'm, I've looked up a few videos on this too, like the morality of marketing. Because businesses will obviously use these things, the vulnerabilities of our psychology. And, um, and what's cool is you are seeing this with Gen Z, and I think it's a good thing because it strips. It's a good thing... It's a good thing, but it it also strips the, all the color. And I don't know, it, if everything's bare and boring, to be authentic, that's a bummer. Not that it has to be, but it does seem that the, like the Mac Demarcos of the world, like those people that just don't really give a lick, the same hides. They don't care about your appearance or anything like that. That that's kind of like the where those that crowd goes to, you know, which is fine. But but isn't there something also to be said for, like, a care, like a, you know?
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's inauthentic per se to develop a persona and, like, I mean, that's that's also who you are. Like, when you put on a tie and go to work versus the guy who dresses a little more casual in the office, right? Like, the, both those people are making decisions in the morning on how they're going to present themselves to the world. Um And I I would be cautious to say that one of them is more transparent than the other. Mm -hmm. So it is interesting to to think about, though. Like, if uh, like media and the media we consume is trending toward authenticity, there's two ways that can go. That can be truly authentic, or it can be like fake organic marketing, right? Exactly. Where like I'm just going to be like I'm going to come across kind of like low maintenance and and hope it connects with the people, right?
0: I was watching some, um, one of those marketing videos on YouTube, um, and it was talking about how a lot of these marketers, uh, like a a marketing agency would talk to some makeup pop star girl, like Selena Gomez. I don't know if that's the one he was referencing, but somebody who has like a makeup line that they're trying to put out to the world. And instead of doing like this crazy high production, uh, ad, she just, you know, has ruffled blankets in the back around on her couch she's like at her computer or laptop and she's putting on makeup to a selfie you know video and he points out it's like this is obviously a conscious decision to present this way um and so they're even that's playing off of the psychology of where people are, you know are right now of trying to like i don't want any flashy lights or you know special things i just want Authenticity, and so people fake authenticity, well, to sell a product which isn't actually authentic, right?
1: It's it is really interesting. I was building a promotion for new merch that we were selling at Calvary. So if you need church merch, you should uh, hit up Calvary if you did yeah. um, But we were putting together the promotion. And I just put the the call to action. I was like, I don't think we need a call to action. You know, I think we just say new merch. And people infer what that means. If they want it, they get it. If not, they don't. And uh, and some of my approvers had me reword it and, and made sure it said, you know, pick up your church merch today, um, which is a, a more like traditional marketing tactic. You tell the person exactly yeah. what you intend them to do with this information. Um, but yeah. like Direction. Yeah, they need direction versus... Uh, kind of the marketing space, at least the way I tend to be marketed to, maybe it's my age bracket or my demographic. It's like, you know, let me connect the dots and decide what I'm going to do with this information, you know? And I don't know if that's more authentic or not. It's just, it's a different way of doing it. That's for sure. And, and a, language is like really interesting how it plays into all of that.
0: Yeah. And there's, it depends on how, what your goal is. And it's hard because then you get this bit purest mindset. is like, I'm not going to do any of that. Well, at some point, at some, you know, level you are. Regardless of whether or not you're trying to, you're you're you know living on that playing field. We are people with senses, and um, even your rebellion towards certain things is playing into people's psychology in one way or another. You know, so it's it's really kind of you know a deep world. But you know, being a business owner, um, I, I think about these things, and I want to figure out how to you know do marketing morally. Uh, and obviously, I see what you were trying to do there. Just say, hey, announcing what it is. We got new merch. Do with that what you will. You know, it's not like, hey, come on. There there are more effective markets it's like this. When I worked at Starbucks, funny enough, there was the ethos water, if you remember. It wasn't an actually super charitable water, turns out. There was a lot of uh, shady business going on. But they had a deal with Starbucks that every time that somebody came through the drive-thru, you'd you'd have to suggest a bottle of water at the end or before or something like that. Because you're going to sell more water that way. It's true, but you're also going to piss off a lot of your customers. And that's exactly what happened. And so if your ultimate goal is uh, to sell water and you don't care about anything else, then yeah, you're probably going to sell more water that way, at least in the short term. Uh, you're not going to gain any more trust. you're probably going to lose customers in the long run. Um, but if that is your metric, then yeah I, I imagine that's going to work. you You, you want to direct people, direct sales. okay, that might work. but ultimately, this is why Seth Godin' is quite interesting. he talks about some of this stuff. He says trust is your greatest asset in business. you gain trust um, that's that's good. and that's why the for, I'm in this weird like marketing a reset phase. It has to do with the final topic as well in a sense, but basic economics by Thomas Sowell, he was talking about the free market, if if things are left up to the free market, this is an interesting thought, getting off a little bit, but I think it's worth it. He kind of explores how in a authoritarian in the Soviet Union, for example, when they had uh charge over production of goods and and stuff. He was talking about like rivets or I think it was rivets. There was only one manufacturer and it was, it was uh, commissioned by the state. And so if something went wrong, you couldn't go to someone else to make rivets better because they were the only ones with the authority. So there's no competition. And when you don't have competition, you have, it's not as efficient and it's actually not as effective. But he was arguing this from the point of of trust in the free market. You flip it and you say, okay, now we have a free market. Now people can compete. Well what happens is if you make poor rivets, well people aren't going to buy from you anymore. They're going to go to the guy with a brand name, not just, you know, the Soviet Union or whatever, who has a reputation to uphold and who they who they want to continue to have people purchase from them. So they have to make good stuff and they have to make it consistently. And what that does over time is that builds trust between a business uh, individual basis. And really, that's what what marketing should be, right? I mean, I guess that's what Seth Godin's talking about is, you know, do you you, uh, provide what you say you do? And do you do that well? Okay, well then, can you announce it that way? Yeah, I think so. I make traditional Southwest jewelry, and I believe I make some of the best that's made today. I don't think that's there's anything wrong with that, because I believe that I actually do, and I do. Um, however, that, that can get in a weird place of like, oh, you're being very proud or boastful. Well, I'm not trying to. I'm trying to present my product accurately. It's crazy how much psychology goes into stuff, stuff like this, you know, specifically marketing, and then it, when you especially when you get on a mass scale there can be uh, some bad stuff there was a there was a good example of this last thing I'll say on this where cigarettes they used to do cigarette ads way back when right well it came out um, after the heyday that they were uh, being drawn to, to lung cancer cigarettes and um, so they put out an ad one of these cigarette companies uh, put out an ad saying the cigarette doctors smoke, something like that to like diffuse the stigma or the negative aspect of this, you know, the cancer relation saying that doctors smoke this, therefore you're probably good. Like it was, it's just kind of gets in a weird, like That's murky territory. You know what I mean?
1: I don't think you have to get that psychological. I'm not going to lie. I saw this t-shirt online over the weekend and I almost picked up a pack of cigarettes myself, dude. Is it showing up? There you go.
0: It looks just as cool when you do it.
1: <laughs> it's a bunch of a bunch of farm animals and, and monkeys smoking cigarettes. <laughs> <deer>. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome.
0: It actually, yeah, that's funny. there's a a lot of people doing Zen right now, right?
1: Yeah, Zin's like the hot thing.:
0: and it's Tucker promoted it on Theo Vaughn and and then what was the other? was another big ad, like not ad though, like it was an organically placed, some might say um, Astroturf type thing. Some were asking that question did did Tucker get paid to promote Zen? Zinn is um what is it? Like uh chewing?
1: It, yeah, it's like a chewing tobacco alternative. Yeah. It's like a like a pure well, I don't know if it's pure, but it's like a nicotine pouch, I think.
0: Yeah. So a lot of people don't believe that it was just totally organically placed in that podcast that maybe Tucker has a it's totally a deal. hit
1: the uh like the internet. Like I don't know if it started out organically, but they're like total like meme culture is owned Zinn right right now. It's crazy.
0: And you know what's crazy is they'll find somebody that has a high degree of captured trust of the people, of the public. Elon Musk has this. Joe Rogan has this. Tucker Carlson has this. And what, what I imagine, this is a hypothetical, I don't know if it's true, but you can imagine that like a marketing um, agency of a company would say, oh look, this is the new way of doing it. Go to these high trust individuals, use them to plug your, your product, otherwise you're never going to get in. You know, um, they have garnered trust. Use their trust to sell your product. That's, that's where the psychology gets it. It's like, it's all really ultimately, not all, but it can. a lot of it gets really manipulative and dark in order to sell some product and get the money going around. And on one end, it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't shame somebody for trying to make a buck but at what point does it become like dark? That's the question I'm asking. And and I actually don't have the answer yet. You know, just be honest. Yeah. Figure it out. Moving on. On the thread of, uh, we were talking about before, uh, had you ever seen
1: Wolfpack? Have you ever listened to them? Oh yeah. Wolfpack. We, me and my wife have like a YouTube playlist that we kind of keep on, in case guests come over and when we're cleaning the house, and Wolfpack is on high rotation there. Really, I've never yeah. listened to them. I've come across this video. Um, their guitar player is going to be in Albuquerque in like January, February. So we should definitely go see them.
0: Can you tell me the story of Wolfpack? Is to me they're just they. I don't. I don't know any of their story. I've just come across this video on YouTube.
1: I think they're kind of like another one of those like super band groups where like different people um, that may not have known each other kind of blew up in their own regard as musicians and then. They collaborate on records, and because like from Wolfpack, there are like like two or three groups that are like different composites of the musicians that will put out music. Mm-hmm. And uh, like the guy I follow is Corey Wong, is a really killer guitar player from Wolfpack. Um, yeah, the other cool, they they um they like sold out Madison Square Garden a couple years back, and uh, it's just like good music. It's not overproduced. It's not. It's like funny and lighthearted. Solid
0: brand, solid yeah. presentation, packaging, awesome great product can you play the live Skipping into like the middle somewhere it's like this. I, I've never seen a, a live performance filmed like this
1: talented young mountaineer uh, Joey Dosick or was that it that might have been before go to some music they continue that they didn't do anything tons back. of
0: personality
1: mood, great mix
0: but this cameraman's just roaming the stage he's just filming the whole thing it's interactive too they interact with the camera guy
1: a few times throughout this show they all like switch instruments too which is cool
0: right yeah that's the super band aspect right I found it fascinating I, I, you know you get a chance to watch it, it they're very talented
1: I want to find my There's a bass solo I want to find So you've seen this
0: Yeah
1: Oh well here's Corey Wong playing guitar
0: Got that funk Bass players in the Just in it
1: Yeah they sell a signature bass Modelled after his Really? So
0: they're like a big deal
1: Yeah for musicians for sure
0: I've never heard anyone, like, really talking about him. But that's just my little bubble. Like, that guy will sing some tunes. Is he playing as well?
1: Yeah, on drums. He'll pick up a mic and sing. Let's
0: hear this, and then we'll be out. He's just wearing like some. Just a bunch of nerdy dudes. Yep. So that's the guitar player you're talking about? Yeah, he's coming to town. That tone, though.
1: That oh yeah.
0: Yeah, good moment. <laughs> so good. It was fun, having a party. We played in a... When I was playing with that one of those bands way back when, we played with a... I forget what the band was called, but they were a party band, and they were really good. In fact, it was a guy who used to play with Gwen Stefani, uh, the drummer. And ah, um, oh, they were the local guys, actually, that were just like the party band. They were really good. But they played all the shows, you know. That Funny enough... Hurricane. No, no, <laughs> no, it was like that type of music, you know, like pop party music. Okay, here's the deal. We are uh, officially suspending the podcast until further notice. It's not to say that we won't do shows um, in the future. It is to say that as far as a weekly show, we are suspending that model, that that uh, framework. and uh and there are many reasons why it has been an absolute blast no no regrets regrets um but to start it off like the original goal in doing this was to do it for six to 12 months and uh kind of a disciplinary experiment but also doubled as um you know doing something consistent committing to something and and following through and i believe that we've done that we've been doing this since i think the first episode was around april early april and and it's been a grind i'm not going to lie in the in the heart of being fully transparent um the amount of time that i've put into this on a weekly basis has been at least one day sometimes two days of a week That's probably too much, and a lot of that was development on the front end. There's a lot to develop, which it's been a great experience and fun, a good learning experience as well, but the packaging of a podcast, there's a lot that goes into it. At first, I just wanted to like, you know, turn record on and just go, but as I kept going, I'm like, shoot, man, how do you make this more effective? And certain questions would creep in and be like you know, what would the listener want? And so you start catering and then you also think, well, shoot, I want to say something that I think I need to say. So how can I creep this in there? How can I say this, uh, in a tactful, responsible way? A lot of different things kind of play into it, but ultimately what it came down to is you, you, you come in, I come in, um, the days that we shoot two, three hours early to come up with show notes. So things I've been thinking about throughout the week, um, Clips, online media, whatever that I want to share, ideas that I want to explore publicly, live, vulnerably, and uh, and then obviously we have conversations with people. But I come in a, a few hours early. Chorus comes in after he's, he's got a full day of work. We come in and shoot the podcast. It's been a blast. We have fun. Um, and that night we tend we go out for dinner, or I'll stay and edit the show. Um, and then the next day I'll come in and the idea is that I'll create a piece of content from the podcast, a piece or two, which has been really hard to do. I'm not like super good at like premiere and stuff like that. And, and, and and I don't want to burden Chorus with any extra work. He's got enough on his plate. So I'll come in the next day and I'll do like some work. So I'll write up a description on the podcast, kind of what we talked about overall, I'll create the timestamps for the YouTube. Um, I'll upload the podcast to YouTube to Spotify. And then uh after that's all after editing the podcast, because there is some editing that goes into it. Sometimes there's technical things, sometimes there's things that we say that we're not allowed to say. Uh though we do keep it quite raw. Um
1: Mostly just about your mom, though.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> about your mom, dude. No, uh <laughs> mom battles. Uh, My mom could beat your mom up, dude. Uh, No, so, yeah, so we'll do the editing, and then I'll get some pieces of content, hopefully, if there's any juicy parts, not even if, I mean, so, and then I'll upload, get the upload, then you got to come up with the tags, you got to go through all the YouTube stuff, put your description in, and then when that's happening, you got to create, oh, shoot, nobody's going to see it unless I post an email. Uh, any sort of marketing to you know let people know there's a new episode out an email or an instagram story or an instagram post sometimes i can double as like a uh, a little reel like a clip from the show sometimes that has been in my um i do like these little catalog story posts or reels on my instagram chad barella and um so then i got to do the marketing for the for the actual show and then the show goes up and then i got to actually put it to my site because everything's on my site, right? So then I got to go to my website. So all that to say, it turns out to be like at least a day and a half of work. Part of that's waiting on uploading speed. Some of that's exporting. Um, But it's a lot. All that to say, it's a lot. And uh, it is a little more than I originally expected. And uh, doing that for about eight months, eight, nine months, eight months, probably, I don't know, somewhere around there, I'm realizing that it's very, really inefficient uh, for me to be doing all of that, and I think I knew that at the outset. And I just kind of said, "Well, it's a good learning experience; it's worth it." And um, it's been a, it's been fun, and it's not been a burden at all. And then, so that was the, the six months to a, a year. My whole goal was to like meet new people, explore ideas publicly, and to grow. I think we've done that. And then the other, I think, for, from a business perspective, was also, I was a little nervous because I'm almost exclusively on Instagram if I was to get kicked off Instagram, which isn't out of the realm of possibility. At least it wasn't a couple of years ago. then like my internet footprint's gone and my business would suffer. And so I wanted to diversify into other platforms. Uh, that was one of my intentions. And uh, I have the, you have the Instagram reel that launched it, right, when I first, when we first that was the first episode that got launched and then uh, this was the announcement. Let's play that. For years, you've known us for creating and preserving traditional Southwest goods. Now we're setting out on a new frontier. In addition to preserving traditional goods, we'll be preserving traditional values as well. To do this, we've established a platform called The Common Union, the collaborator on this post. Under this, I just launched my personal podcast, For Goodness Sake, And soon we plan to release a few other shows and content there as well we'll be moving into a new production studio sometime in may and i plan to release content regularly my friends know if i'm going to do something i'm going to take it kind of seriously now full disclosure i'm an unashamed christian i love jesus christ and my content's going to be filtered through that i imagine we'll get into some choppy waters we'll talk about whatever we want to talk about and i predict we'll get in trouble but that's what makes it fun right The first full episode of For Goodness Sake is available now on YouTube, Rumble, or wherever you find your podcasts. The link is in my bio. And if you want to participate in the show's development, send in your questions, your topic suggestions, and go follow and subscribe to The Common Union. Now let's preserve tradition, for goodness sake. So that's cool. Some interesting things, though, that I I noticed that even then, I had this perspective of like, I'm going to create all of this content and put it out multiple podcasts at the time, that was the intention, one with my wife, and I just had this big vision. I get, like, real serious about things. And uh, as soon as I started this, I was like, oh, this is kind of a lot of work. I don't know, maybe. I have a tendency that I'm learning about myself to to bite off more than I can chew. Chorus even warned me at the outset of this, like, hey, you know, something you can sustain. We gotta, you know, figure this out. And um, wise words, not exactly uh fully heated um
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so why 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 is it coming to a, a stop there's there's multiple reasons um one is that we're out of this space right here uh the end of the month um I had a, an agreement to stay here until the end of the month uh to the end of the year and um we decided. Mutually not to just continue. Um, Partially because the overhead for me. And it's part. So. (laughs) You know, I'm here once a week, twice, uh, I guess one evening a week and then a full day of the week most of the time. Um, And I, you know, and I pay the full amount. So I'm thinking that's really inefficient as well. This is the big thing for me. And I'm actually quite excited moving forward. Efficiency. Efficiency. I'm realizing that my life in business uh, and at home, whatever, is very inefficient. I've got things so spread out. I've got my podcast space here, which is in a certain part of town. And then I've got my workshop where I make jewelry, you know, 30 minutes from my house. um, And then I've got my house, of course. So I've got three places that I'm kind of responsible for that I pay the overhead for that I'm not at a lot of the time. Right, I can only be in one of these places at once, and uh, two of them are dedicated exclusively to me. And so, both of those spaces are expiring as far as my commitments. This space, and then my workshop space. I announced that in the previous episode. Towns is moving. That's the hair shop. That's my wife's hair shop, and I occupy a space within the hair shop. And uh, they are moving, so that space is 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 no more. And what I'm doing is, I've been priming walls today, uh, I'm moving home again, which on one hand sounds kind of defeating, honestly. It's like, oh, shoot. And I, I you know, if I'm being honest, it's been kind of a, a hard pill to swallow, but genuinely, I'm also really excited because you do the math in your head, you're like, wow, I was so spread thin, like I'm paying overhead and... I- I'm just like throwing money away. I'm throwing my, you know, the podcast has been great, but if you think about the efficiency aspect there as well, as far as the amount of output, it's not been great, which brings me to my church epiphany. I was sitting in church and I had this thought. I was like, I've got an Instagram with, you know, a decent amount of following. I've put out reels. that get a good amount of viewership. Now it's not long form podcasts and it's not the same time retention, some people say the time retention is an important thing for whatever reason. I'm sure there's good reasons. Um, but I'll put you know a lot of effort into a short... Or uh, I'll put a little bit of... A fraction of the effort that goes into a podcast, for example, into a, a shorter form piece of content, and it nets a lot more fruit. And this reminded me of something in church when I was uh, making music in Nashville and I was trying to make money in it and uh, or trying to make a living, you know, I wasn't like trying to make a bunch of money. Uh, You could hear it in my, the lyrics of the songs. Uh, You could look me up on uh, uh, Apple music, uh, Chad Barella. It's still up. There's like six, seven songs. Um, But I talk about being a poor person and, uh, but I was, so I I was trying to make money in music and, uh, and then I started making jewelry, and I realized, oh, that's interesting. The amount of effort that I put into, you know, one thing, a time and effort, uh, had a different response than with the other thing. And it taught me something that uh, Alex Hermosi talks about in his book, 100 Million Dollar Deals. Not every market is equal. And, uh, in, and I'm in business, so I've got to think about these things, right? Like, um. And I translate that over to thinking about the amount of uh, effort that I put into short form content, for example, on my Instagram and the amount of response it gets. And, and and granted, that's that's dwindled in the last few years because attention's even spread, you know, to TikTok and to other platforms. This is what's crazy is like being a, a, a business owner today, you've got to like follow all of these different things to... to to really stay alive. Because you do. You, I mean, if you want to sell something, if you want to make something and make a living doing it, at some point you got to be a salesman. And to be honest, I've not been a very good one in regards to the podcast. Not, it's not like... I'm, my wife always hates me for self-deprecating statements. I don't mean that in like a negative toward myself way, but it's a struggle of mine like to try to like sell something constantly. To insert, for example, this, is a, this has been a struggle for me in the podcast. You see in a lot of formats that it's good to insert like ads into your um you know calls to action and and we do some of those, right? Like really sub, like toward the end, like the standard ones. But like, okay, pitching a product or something. I have a hard time being very selly. And uh I'm a
1: chill dude. You should just give me that. I'll sell you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I hate that too.
0: Yeah, it's hard. I you know, it just feels like, oh you just cut you killed the vibe. Like we, we had we had a vibe going. You know, you listen to a lot of podcasts, and they they cut in the middle of the podcast. It's like, hey, uh, sorry to cut the podcast, but you know, buy our product. And on one hand, it's like, yeah, I get it, I respect the game, but it's it's it is a hard thing for me to bring myself to do. Anyways, I think that's that's uh, come, uh that's come at the expense of the expense of the growth of the podcast. That's been one aspect of it. Um, but the epiphany that I had in church was why do I put so much effort into a long form piece of content on a platform that I don't have reach in? You know, we started all over on YouTube and on Spotify. Like I don't have an audience there. It's on Instagram. And, uh, now, now of course I wanted to diversify and kind of spread things out. That didn't work out too well, to be honest. And, and, and maybe there are methods I could have found and used to try to do that or to do that better. Um, but, you know, that would, that didn't end up working out as I, I maybe had hoped, which is fine. Um, But I had my Instagram, and so why don't I just make short-form content targeted um, about things that I like and appreciate? And I have done that. I've I've posted a, a handful of uh, reels like that, and they get a lot of buzz. And they're better. They're better visually and quality-wise. Not than this. I mean, this is great quality fun, you know, whatever. Um but they're more targeted. And so part of it is also it's the competitive space. Podcasting, long form, it's a competitive space. And you got to realize that you're, I'm I'm requiring a lot of your time. Like you're listening to this for like an hour, a couple hours. It's a, long, a lot of your time, especially once a week. And I don't, it's a, some people just don't watch that type of content. I get it. Some people do. But I think a lot a lot more people can maybe watch short form content. So that's part of my thinking there. I haven't figured it all out, but dude, like what I guess I realized here is in podcasting, not just podcasting, but uh, content in general, there's so much thought that goes into these things. Second by second. Uh, I was watching a, an interview by a, like one of the leading YouTube shorts creators. And she was talking about how she like spent so much time, same with Mr. Beast, right? He likes on, on creating their thumbnails and, and, uh, the first three seconds of their, reels or their shorts and how they construct these things based on analytics. And I'm like, oh my gosh, if I'm going to do what they're doing, I've got to be fully committed and not to say that I'm not fully, I've not been fully committed to the podcast. I think we have been. But no, and we haven't been to the degree that they are. If that's fully committed, we haven't been. And we and I don't have the capacity to do that.
1: Well, and, yeah, there's a difference in being like committed to the degree that you set for yes. a part of your life, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, you could forego quality time raising your children and, yeah. and build a massive YouTube platform. Yeah. But at what expense, right?
0: Exactly. That, I think that's what I've realized is like some of these people who put this in, like creating like three reels a day and they're posting and posting. I'm like, I can't do that. I, I physically I don't have the capacity to do that. I don't have the time to do that. And I don't have the resources to hire somebody to do that right now. It'd be cool if down the line we do. Uh but you realize that's what it takes? That's intense. If that's what it takes, right? And it doesn't for everybody. But for you know, the great then they're on a caliber of their own, granted. But you see that and you're like, oh, okay. That's I learned this. This is something I've learned is if I was to do this and grow a podcast, which was the uh, uh, one of the hopes, is to grow an audience and to to build upon it and to grow community and uh, and have fun with it. It's going to require uh, even more than what I'm already giving, and I'm like, oh, I don't know that I can do that. I can't. I can't do that. And so, what does this bring me to? I just told chorus, I'm like, you know, it'd be great to just do these every once in a while, but to commit to doing them once a week, I think that cannot continue, especially in the new year for me. I'm like, it, this is where I'm at is I'm in a consolidation mode, right? Like two of my spaces are going to be no more. So all of this stuff, we were getting a storage unit and all these different things. So I'm having to really think small again, which is good, really conservatively about my time, being mindful of all of these different things. This is why I've been reading this book, Basic Economics, Thomas Sowell. How do you manage your resources? How do you manage your attention? How do you manage your time? And what I'm realizing is that I'm not managing my resources very well. can manage them better. And moving forward, I will. I'm throwing away a lot of uh, resources in having multiple spaces, for example, that are entirely in different places in the city that I have to drive to to, to produce and use, you know, the equipment at them. And so uh, consolidation, figuring that out, that's a big one for me. And I think if you're going to go on this journey of podcasting, whatever, those are, those are important things to be mindful of. It's gonna, it is going to require quite a bit if you want to grow something, right? If you just want to put something out. And I think we will continue to do that from time to time in the, maybe a long-form format even. Um, but as far as like a consistent thing, like to, in the, with the intentions of growing it, uh, expect to pour a lot into it. It's a competitive space. It's a competitive medium. Whereas, for example, I heard recently, and I I imagine it's probably true, that an organic post, even if you don't have a large following on TikTok, if the, because of their AI and their algorithms are so great that if it's good, truly, and it captures the audience, the attention of the audience, you can go organically viral uh, to the platform. Like You don't need to necessarily have uh, an an audience built in.
1: For TikTok? Yeah. It is interesting. Uh, I was uh, not a super early user of TikTok, but I jumped on during COVID like everyone else, Uh, bored out of my mind. And I noticed that TikTok was the only platform that was verifying TikTok famous users, not real world celebrities. So I would go on there and it's like, who is this guy that's verified? And I would try to figure out like, is he a, you know, actor or a musician? And he's like, no, he's he's the guy that went viral for X, Y, and Z on TikTok last month. He earned his verification badge, huh. you know?
0: It's like a meritocracy.
1: Yeah. It's like they, they rewarded their users for prioritizing their platform and putting out good content. And right. for all of TikTok's, you know, you know, maybe red flags. That's something that I really appreciated about it.
0: Yeah, and so you see that model. It's a different platform, of course. And then you see YouTube's. And what I've learned from experimenting with, you know, we've experimented with different titles, different uh, tags, different times. Um, and it's been very difficult to learn. And from what I hear, is like if you're going to do this type of content, you got to maintain you got to be very careful with not wasting people's time. And when you, and when I'm doing this type of content, I don't have the ability to like, you know, construct a you know perfectly thing podcast. I don't do, this isn't my job, like my day job. I make jewelry, you know? Um, I thought it would be a, a, a good thing. And I I also had, you know, I thought maybe the, the platform, and I think a lot of people have this expectation. Actually, we were talking to a friend of ours who was like, just wait till it goes viral. Just wait. And I'm, and after all this research I've done, I'm like, I actually don't know that there is a lot of organic growth without genuine effort and hitting and really just grinding. Even even good YouTubers with, with histories of going viral and having huge YouTube accounts, there's a guy, I think his name's Rafi, um, on YouTube, he's been posting very consistently good content for a long time. And he's got like 10,000 followers. 10,000 subscribers. Not that that's nothing, but you know, for a guy of his caliber, um, I, I would assume that he would, and he's not really growing that fast. So I'm like, maybe this is a platform issue, you know, maybe, maybe I thought, you know, YouTube was more vibrant, more, um, would have more opportunity than it does. Anyways, that's more of the social media side of it, but this is some insight into my thinking there. Um, Yeah. So, I you don't know. I think I kind of cleared up most of that stuff. Transition, consolidation. Um, It cut into a, a large part of my revenue, right? If something's taking out my time throughout the week, I'm not putting that time toward marketing. Now, I guess this was supposed to be marketing, but, uh, you know, the again, the energy spent toward maybe, you know, creating a post on Instagram or an email or something like that. It would have, you know, a larger reach than our YouTube does, or even our YouTube and Spotify combined. You know, being fully transparent, I think our last podcast had a, you know, a lower uh, count. It's been very hit or miss with them. Like one had almost two hundred on YouTube, and then uh, the last two have had under under fifty, I believe, views. And then you kind of take that math. And you're like, I put a lot of effort toward that and energy, but if I had to put, you know, a fraction of that energy in to creating a post on Instagram or something like that, it would have, it would have, uh, turned out differently. Right. So, uh, what was it? What was the first thing I just said? I was talking about, um, eating into revenue, eating into revenue. Yeah. Because I put so much time and energy into the podcast and investment, actually, I, I'm, I'm fine with that because they're assets to the business. I can use them for m- multiple different things. Um, but, I, it's been drawing for my revenue, and um year to date is p- probably like sixty to sixty f- percent of what I made last year, which is which is a big cut and honestly, there's probably other a lot of different things that maybe weigh into that, but I do credit a lot of the time and effort that I put into the the show and uh and it's not all lost when I say this like I, I genuinely believe that it's a net benefit. It's been a great experience you know, teaming up with Chorus, creating these shows. Like, we have an archive of awesome content. And um, and also just the experience that went into it. And and something to build off of as well. Uh, but yeah, it's cut into the revenue. So that that's definitely a driving factor. And so moving forward, I do think, you know, that comes at the expense of my family, comes at the expense of, uh, yeah, the business, of course, as well, and its growth. So... It hasn't accomplished exactly what I wanted it to, which was to build a the, yeah, it was to build a a, 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 um, a platform. It, I, had, I had big goals, big, big uh, ambitions. And it's not to say that I won't continue in some capacity, but you know I realized, oh, that's going to require a lot more than I'm able to in this capacity, with my lack of time, my lack of energy, my lack of resources pour into it right now. I need to focus on revenue. Like, that's just straight up where it is. So, um, what's next? We'll, we'll wrap it up here. I'm going to continue making and designing the best Southwest jewelry uh, that is known to man. And uh, figuring out ways that Chorus can uh, help me uh, How we can collaborate in creating content that is fun, uh, inspiring, and uh,
1: and pisses all the right people off. Yeah, there That's you go. the main thing. That
0: is a big thing. And, and it, yeah, it stands for the truth. That is the, one of the biggest things that I wanted to do as well, is to say things that push the, um, the needle closer to the truth in culture. Uh, pers- pursuing a tradition for goodness sake is the whole thing there. It's to reassert uh, positive values, Christian values in the, the culture. And I think that we've definitely done that. And I think you guys can attest to that. Um, we're going to make short-form content, as I said. Uh, things like reels, TikTok, YouTube shorts. So stick around. Um, And then, you know, he talked about, as well as I, I've uh, been wanting to do for like a couple years now. It's silversmithing course. So for those aspiring uh, beginner silversmiths out there, uh, that's probably something that's on deck in the earlier part of next year uh, we'll probably do the occasional pod maybe something that's more targeted and inspired um, and direct and then finally this was my big thing and my uh, consolation when I decided to move back home for a period I've, I'm working on a a, a sweet little um, studio space at home we had an empty room That's another reason why I was like, oh, this is just waste and we're paying for this. You know, we bought this house and this room's empty. Um, Might as well occupy it. So I'm renovating this room and uh, I'm hoping to occupy for about six months to a year. And if things go well, to uh, open up a physical store. So, Yeah. It's another big dream, but to, to to consolidate outside of the house, we have baby four coming. Uh, probably can't stay at home forever. So, and I also want places, uh, places for some people to visit. I've also got some innov- it's not innovative, but uh, interesting ideas, uh, culture building spots, uh, is what I want to focus on. I'll just leave that as that is. But uh, that's pretty much it. Chorus, have a final video.
1: I do. I wanted to get your uh, your thoughts on this video that uh, Tesla put out. Is it Tesla? This is Optimus Gen 2. So tell me what you think about this. like a pretty futuristic robot, but it walks just like Joe Biden, which is weird. Yeah,
0: It's him. It's his model. It's his brain in, implanted <laughs> oh, into yeah, this. Oh yeah, that might just be him. Yeah. What's with the legs being kind of curled?
1: I don't know. Kind of like ape-ish. The, the, We're making
0: fun of like incredible technology. <laughs> like the
1: most advanced robot that <laughs> <Yeah>. ever existed. <laughs> the hands are very lifelike. pressure pads on the fingers handling an egg
0: Mm. it's pretty insane
1: yeah it's crazy
0: i mean the walk is rough but
1: (laughs) the walk is pretty rough
0: like why would you highlight that for so long
1: i don't know it's like i don't know but i can tell you what that uh that robot's not gonna be throwing it back anytime soon you know oh that's interesting
0: so what is the is that does it have a release date i missed that
1: um i don't, or what's I don't
0: know what's it for
1: i think they're i think they're working on commercial commercial uh like robot technology maybe for uh commercial implication you know what i
0: mean okay like like uh, industrial workers maybe I mean, something. it's probably
1: gonna replace the 15 dollar an hour mcdonald's dude flipping patties to be honest Eesh. um but it seems like it's capable of maybe slightly more than that which is crazy um but yeah it's it's a weird time to be alive dude robots and AI. so
0: much is changing so quickly It's hard to keep up. So I hope that, uh, being fully transparent about all of that stuff was of any utility. Uh, I know there's a lot of people out there trying to create content, doing podcasts, you know, it's been my experience. It's kind of maybe some, something that will save you time, effort, give you a little head start, maybe even. Um, but yeah, we got one more episode next week. Should be a fun hangout episode. We can pull it together.
1: And, um, Yeah, that's about it. Love you, bye.